morning, everybody. Good morning, my neighbors. Back in the same place it's, again. It's great to be back. We got a, for the uh, first time in a little bit. Then you're going to Turning Point. <laughs> yeah, then I'm going to Turning Point in a couple days. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back in the same studio. I I, uh, I will be on the LFA show uh, at Turning Point. I will not be on our regular show yes, 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 well, yes. at Turning Point because uh, there's not a chance at home getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Right, 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 right. And matter right. of fact, if you've been to Turning Point USA, you know I'll probably be crawling in at about 5 in the morning. Yeah. So uh, yeah. T- Turning Point's always a good time. Before we get started, guys, make sure you smash that Rumble button, share this link out across all your social media platforms. Now that we can say whatever we want on Twitter, it's more important than ever to get back on there to spread the good yeah, word. Go back on Twitter, Go folks. back on Twitter. Go back on you know, Twitter. Make your make your accounts on the other platforms. And but, hit that. But fi- definitely use fla- uh, Twitter. And make sure make sure you're following the loud majority over there too, because we always like putting out some good stuff over there. Uh, some some big news. Uh, Thirty nine thousand nine hundred and eighteen subs. On, yeah. Uh, I want to see if we can get to forty thousand. That would be eighty two subs yeah, on we'll this program. Today. Yeah, but I want to give it to Jeremy with the forty. Like, oh, so let's it. get yeah. it now. So let's get it now, guys. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button right on the top. Head on over to loudmajorityus.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the shop. Use promo code CHRISTMAS for 20% off the entire website from now until yes. Christmas. Uh, get your stocking stuffers. Get your We the People Are Pissed Off flags. Get your Loud Majority flags. Your Trump 24 flags are on there. All the fun stuff. That's uh, promo code CHRISTMAS for 20% off because we say the Merry entire Christmas website. Again. We, we do say Merry Christmas again. Yeah. Yeah, we did say. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat right now joining us as they as we start to roll in. 10 o'clock, 100 rumbles. Good start. Love it. Uh, folks, the Twitter files, I don't know if everybody's seen There's A lot of people are like, still like, I don't care about Twitter. Well, it's not the same place it used to be. You know, it's uh, under new management, as many yeah. would say. And uh, and I, 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 you have to care about Twitter. I mean, you have to see what, what happened uh, in the 2020 election cycle, the 2022 election cycle. But you've got to look and watch and, and be be uh, cognizant of what exactly is being released and what's going on today. Twitter Files Part 5 is supposed to come out, uh, which is uh, uh, why Elon Musk apparently changed his pronouns yes. to prosecute slash Fauci. Which means, uh, which means my pronoun is I'm slash happy mm-hmm. uh, because uh, and Sam Brinton's pronouns are stolen slash luggage or yeah. grab slash bag. Yeah. So, uh, look, we have the uh, Twitter files. Part five is supposed to drop today. And uh, that's exciting because we're going to see at what length government and government agencies and government actors went and decided to censor free speech on Twitter surrounding COVID, which I'm sure is going to be far worse than anything that mm-hmm. happened with the Hunter Biden laptop, anything that happened um, with uh, Donald Trump, with which the we censoring found. Of the Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah. And we found out that. Uh, that Donald Trump was banned based off of special rules created by our favorite Yoel Roth, who we've been telling you is going to be bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad, mo- bad news. Turns out, Yoel Roth was a gay porn addict. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he had a second Twitter account, at OT Terrific, uh, and he was apparently 60% dirtier on that account than he was on his primary account. But if you have a secret account, why would you publish your secret account? Because now it's no longer a secret, Yoel. Yeah. So that account's gone, by the way. I Not guess they to took it down, but it's gone. And he was a gay porn addict talking about putting gay porn all throughout the Twitter offices. How does how does he justify Disgusting. the sixty percent? 
I don't know. How does he know it wasn't 65? Well, he knows. They're both his accounts. So he must say, you know, I tweet X amount of times a day, and I'm dirty X amount of times more than I am on this than on the other, so I'm uh, 60% dirtier. Yoel Roth was bad news from the beginning. The reason why you saw so much gay porn and kitty porn circulating Twitter, circulating throughout Twitter, is, of course, law of averages. Some of it's going to slip through the cracks, but it Mm -hmm. went unmoderated because the guy who was in charge of moderating liked it. Loved it. You know, he spent all day looking at it. Literally. You can see these tweets. From 2012, 2013, 2014, uh, he's a gay porn addict. So it's no uh, no surprise, no shock it's to one any thing, of us it, that it got it made the rounds on Twitter. It's one thing to be into porn. It's a whole other thing to be like a porn addict. Yeah. Like, you know, just don't. I don't know. Is it, I mean, they say that they say that watching porn has the same sort of like brain function as like doing cocaine. But like, I don't know. Just I don't know. It seems like a it seems like a soft addiction. To me. Yeah, I mean, apparently this guy was just uh, well, all maybe, over. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a soft addiction. Uh, but you can see these tweets, these pictures. Here's a picture uh, right here. Uh, we played it on the earlier show just so that everybody knows, get some context about uh, Yoel Roth. Here's uh, some of some of what he got into uh, right here on Twitter. My new office features an appropriate amount of gay porn. I enjoy having uh, kinds of meetings where googling gay. Uh, a gay bareback porn is considered academic work. Uh, a couple of other pictures here. He used to put this stuff all over. So this whole bear fa- in, uh, infatuation uh, that that Yoel Roth had. Um, another one here. That awkward moment when perusing a box of archival material unearths a cascade of raunchy German gay porn in a crowded reading room. Uh, the doing research on Craigslist sex discussion boards begs the question: main browser or porn browser? Uh, folks, this is just. It's, it's it's not great. This is the guy who was in charge of uh mo- this is this is the guy who was in charge of content moderation on Twitter. So it's no shock that Yoel Roth uh, was obsessed with gay porn, which is why obviously it found a nice cushy little home there it's always, on Twitter. It's always weird to see like why why does it always come back to some kind of like weird sex thing? Always, like even with the one that stole all the luggage, yeah, you know, with the dressing up like I a bet dog. you he dresses in the clothes that he steals. Oh no, he does. But I mean, what, but it's always like, like can a person, in theory, just like be a radical leftist and not into some like creepy weird sex crap? Like, I don't, what comes first, the the authoritarian leftism, or the I dress up like a dog and get carried around like you know on a leash? What 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 comes first? I don't know. It's a it is an intellectual thought question that uh, I want to know the answer to, but I really don't want to know the answer to. Yeah, uh, Twitter executives on the post millennial breaking Twitter exa- uh, Twitter re- Twitter files reveal executives creating justification to ban Donald Trump. Uh, internal communications show Yoel Roth devising a strike system to justify banning Trump. Progress exclaimed a member of his team. Michael Schellenberger took up the thread of the Twitter files on Saturday, revealing the internal meltdown that unfolded at Twitter on January 7th, one day after the Capitol riot. On January 6th, 2021, President Donald Trump was banned from the social media platform on January 8th, 2021. So this whole system... Uh, that was essentially created to justify banning Trump. It was was created in 48 hours, not even. This is the fourth drop of what's become known as the Twitter files on Friday night. It was revealed that Trump's Twitter account was censored, quote, under pressure from federal agencies. 
before it was banned. Uh, quote, as the election approached, senior executives, perhaps under pressure from federal agencies with whom they met more as time progressed, increasingly struggled with rules and began to speak of VIOs, violations, mm-hmm. as pretext to do what they'd likely have done anyway, Matt Taibbi wrote. Schellenberger tweeted, quote, uh, a Twitter files part four, the removal of Donald Trump, January 7th. As the pressure builds, Twitter executives build the case for a permanent ban. On January 7th, tw- senior Twitter executives created a justification to ban Trump, seek a change of policy for Trump alone, distinct from other political leaders, but not so much for equality. Equality, yeah. Uh, express no concern for the free speech or democracy implications of a ban. The Twitter files is reported with at L. Woodhouse. Uh, Schillenberger uh, winds up linking to the first and second parts of Twitter to uh, bring in greater context. Uh, after the events of January 6th, the internal and external pressure pressure on Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey grows. Former First Lady Michelle Obama, and I use the term lady lightly, tech journalist Kara Swisher, that's the podcast that Yoel Roth just went on, and uh, the Anti-Defamation League high-tech vice chair Chris Saka and many others publicly call on Twitter to permanently ban Trump. Quote, Dorsey was on vacation in French Polynesia the week of January 4th to 8th. So it's fun. You know, the uh, mouse get to go out to play when the cat's out. Away. It. What is it, right? Uh, it's like the whole... The, the cat when the cat goes away the mouse come out and play or something, yeah, something, something like, like that, that. right uh, Schellenberger adds uh, he phoned into meetings but also delegated much of the handling of situation situation to guess who Yoel Roth uh, Twitter's global head of trust and safety and Vijaya Gade it's amazing the head of the legal same policy four names continue to pop up Twitter's twin t- I, I said this Twitter's twins of terror Yoel Roth. Vijaya Gade. Gade. You want to talk about Twitter's big three? Yoel Roth, Vijaya Gade, and Jim Baker. Mm-hmm. And there you go. In the big four. Yeah, the big Jack four. Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. And because then the big be five. The Fantastic Five. The Fab Five. Para. Para. Probably, probably not going to work here anymore. Right. Uh, as context, it's important to understand that Twitter staff and senior executives are overwhelmingly progressive. In 2018, 2020, and 2022, 96, 98, and 99% of Twitter staff's political donations went to Democrats, which is okay. Employees are allowed to donate to whoever they want to donate whoever to. That's free speech. To. That's a free speech. It's a First Amendment issue. You yes. can do whatever you want. You just can't let that come into work and dictate how a company operates. Mm-hmm. Especially a company that has to deal with being the virtual public square that Twitter is. Schellenberger linked to a post from Matt Taibbi from the first Twitter file showing the political affiliations of Twitter staff. In 2017, Roth, Yoel Roth, gay porn addict, uh, weird uh, kitty fetish Yoel Roth, tweeted that there, quote, were actual Nazis in the White House. In April of 2022, Roth told a colleague that his goal is, quote, to drive change in the world, which is why he decided not to become an academic. <laughs> It's unbelievable. So, you know, we talk about it all the time. What separates the left and the right is that the left thinks they know what's better for you. The right believes that you know what's better for you. And that's it. That's it. That's why it's all about the marketplace of ideas, why we want more more speech, not less. People like Yoel Roth think to themselves that they know what you should want. Yeah. And if you don't want what they want you to want, then there's something wrong with you. Yep. Like we saw with the COVID uh, lockdowns and, and whatnot, like we see with all these other sorts of culture war issues going on. They don't understand why you don't want drag queens to sing to your kids. Yeah, they don't get so it. They, so, you're, the so you're wrong. 
What's the big deal? But you're not. But you're not. You're 100% right, and you all know that. Uh, and so we continue. On January 7th, Jack emails employees, Jack Dorsey, saying Twitter needs to remain consistent in its policies, including the right of users to return to Twitter after a temporary suspension. After, Roth reassures an employee that, quote, people who care about this aren't happy with where we are. Roth expressed that he was not satisfied with Dorsey's leadership and that other leaders would take the helm in determining a course of action for Trump's account. Roth wrote, quote, Jack's emails have been fine, but ultimately I think people want to hear from Vijaya or Dell or someone closer to the specifics of this who can reassure them that people who care about this are thinking deeply about these problems and aren't happy with where we are. Around 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, Roth DMs his colleagues with news that he is excited to share. Guess what? He, he, he writes, Jack just approved repeat offender for civic integrity. The new approach would create a system where five violations or strikes would result in permanent suspension. Mm. Schellenberger reported, Roth wrote, labels which are severe enough ought to result uh, in disabled engagements or incur strikes. Strike one is a label only. Strike two is a label only. Strike three is a label and 12-hour timeout. Strike four is a label and a seven-day ban. Strike five is a permanent suspension. So they were able to go around here and create a new process because they knew Donald Trump was going to continue to say things that they now deemed unlawful or against the terms and just let him get to five strikes and then take him off the take him off the platform. Well, you know what? That's a solution in search of a problem. Yep. That's all it is. That's all that is. They they put this in place so that they could get Donald Trump. That's yep. it. And and I'm sure many others. I'm sure many, many others. The colleague wants to know if the decision means Trump can finally be banned, the person asked. Does the incitement to violence aspect change that calculus? Roth says it doesn't. Quote, Trump continues to just have his one strike, obviously one more strike remaining. Mm -hmm. uh, say, no, no, we have to stick to our policies, folks. The policies, you know, that we just created for one account. Mm -hmm. we got to stick to those. we got to remain principled, you know. Oh, principled. we got to remain principled. That's Roth, a magical thing. Roth's colleagues' query about incitement to violence heavily foreshadows what will happen the following day. On January 8th, Twitter announces a permanent ban on Trump due to the risk of, quote, of further incitement of violence. The risk. So we're banning you on what you might say. Not what you have said. Imagine that. Just imagine. And that's what happened. On January 8th, Twitter said its ban is based on specifically how Trump's tweets are being received and interpreted. But in 2019, Twitter said it did not attempt to determine all potential interpretations of the content or its intent. So they went from not trying to figure out how something would be interpreted to, in Trump's case, these are definitely going to be interpreted in such a way that it incites mass violence, we must get rid of him. In three years, they've made that change. Yep. But really, in 48 hours, they made that change. How quickly How quickly these things have fallen. It, yep. it is, it really... Quote, the only serious concern we found expressed within Twitter over the implications for free speech and democracy of banning Trump came from a junior person in the organization. It was tucked away in a lower level Slack channel known as Site Integrity Auto. Uh, he wrote here, and we don't know this person's name, but whoever this is, however they lean, good on them. This might be an unpopular opinion, but one-off ad hoc decisions like this that don't appear rooted in policy are, in my honest opinion, a slippery slope and reflect an alternatively equally dictatorial problem. That's a conservative. This yeah. guy right here is at the very least a libertarian. Yeah. This now appears to be a fiat by an online platform CEO 
with a global presence that can gatekeep speech for the entire world, which seems unsustainable. That's a, that's a conservative. And you know what? The fact is that we saw it be un- unsustainable with the rise of True Social, with the Correct. rise of Getter, Correct. with the rise of all these other platforms. People will seek out their ability to speak their mind. They will seek this out. And for just from a market perspective, Twitter should have understood that. The problem is, they see, this is why businesses should run as businesses, not as world-changing affairs. It doesn't get anybody from the world, uh, the world Economic Forum is listening. If you run it as a business, you'll make business decisions, leaving Twitter open and free to say whatever needs to be said on the platform, because that's how you would appeal to the most users. If Twitter didn't suck, there would be no getter. There would be be no no, truth. There would be no truth. If Twitter didn't ban Donald Trump, there would be... Really, there probably wouldn't be a getter. Nope. There would not be a truth. Nope. And and anybody There wouldn't who, have been a parlor? Anybody who was looking for No, there would have probably still been a parlor cuz parlor existed before okay. Donald Trump got banned. Parlor was going on. Parlor came about when uh, Twitter started banning people for COVID misinformation. Yes. Which which equally sucks as bad as, you know, banning a president. Absolutely. Indeed, here we go. Uh this is telling. This is this is how really they were they were doing this. Watch how they interp- interpret different tweets on what to ban and what not to ban. Quote: Roth immediately DMs a colleague to ask that they add "stop the steal" and QAnon conspiracy term "kraken." Remember Sidney Powell? Yeah, the kraken. To a blacklist of terms to be deamplified. Roth's colleague objects that blacklisting "stop the steal" risks deamplifying counter speech. That validates the election. So there were people who were mocking Stop the Steal. Mm-hmm. Going, oh, the election was fine. Hashtag Stop the Steal is a joke. Those tweets, they didn't want to blanket ban all Stop the Steal tweets because the counter speech was stuff that they wanted out. Yes. So here's what they did. Indeed, note Roth's colleague, a quick search of top Stop the Steal tweets and their counter speech. But they quickly come up with a solution. Quote, deamplify accounts... With Stop the Steal in the name or profile, since those accounts were not affiliated with counterspeech. So they don't blanket the hashtag. They go into the hashtag. Yep. They find the accounts with Stop the Steal in the bio. So basically, like, if we wanted to stop all the Ukraine crap, and we just, instead of banning hashtag stand with Ukraine, we just deamplified any account with the Ukraine flag in their profile name or their bio. That's that's what they did here with Stop the Steal. I mean, they had to work at this, man. Like, they had to work to get to the place where they were banning people for this. They had to find workarounds and, and end-arounds just to get... The, you know, if it was... If it was... If it wasn't so malicious, I don't think I would be as annoyed as I am. Right. But the fact that they had to do this is proof that not only did they have malintent, they just didn't care. They didn't care. And it gets even better. Turns out that even blacklisting Kraken is less straightforward than they thought. That's because Kraken, let alone it is a is a mythical creature with the with the the, the yeah. tentacles and all yep. the stuff in addition to being a QAnon conspiracy theory based on the mythical Norwegian sea monster it's also the name of a cryptocurrency exchange it, you know what else it is what is it name of the hockey team yes the Seattle well that wasn't them yet they oh, weren't oh, around oh that yet. wasn't them yet no they I'm thinking that they're yet. out there banning the forward on the Seattle Kraken like. so employees struggle with whether to, whether to punish users who share screenshots of Trump's deleted January 6 tweets now they had a problem with the Kraken thing because the crypto exchange apparently either got in touch with Twitter or people who use it were like, hey, we can't 
find our exchange. It's called Kraken. Like, oh, crap. We banned that because of QAnon. So they had to kind of reverse course there. Now, here's another one of these, this selective judgment. Employees struggle with whether to punish users who share screenshots of Trump's deleted January 6th tweets. Quote, we should bounce these tweets. Bounce means take them down. With a strike given, the screenshot violates the policy. Right? If the tweet that Trump put up violated the policy, you cannot put this on Twitter, then anybody who shares that screenshot should get hit with a penalty or a strike. But some people were criticizing Trump for what he said, so they were, quote, a bit hesitant with applying the strike to that user. So if you put the screenshot of what Trump said on January 6th and you were like, that's my president, you were getting a strike and the tweet was coming down. But if you put the screenshot of what Trump said on January 6th and said, look at this guy, he's a joke, you are not getting a strike, you are not getting your tweet taken down. It's unbelievable. How in, how, how can any left-wing person at all utter the word fascist at any of us going forward? And now we know why they needed so many employees who did nothing, because this had to take some time. This had to be what everyone, that's why they were having creepy-ass sleepovers. Over at Twitter headquarters. Yep. That's an interesting one. So they said if a user disliked Trump and objected to Twitter censorship, if a user dislikes Trump but objects to Twitter's censorship. So now we have a third one. We have a guy playing, let's say, both sides of the fence. I don't like the guy, but he should be here. We shouldn't be banning people. The tweet gets taken down, but they don't get the strike because they're not denying the election. Yes. If there are instances where the intent is unclear, please feel free to raise. So they were looking for this stuff and making sure. I mean, it, 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 it's all unclear. Please, tell me more. Tell yeah. me more. Tell me more about how uh, just, these people are, these people are v- vermin. Yeah. They're around, disgusting. Around noon, a confused senior executive in advertising sales sends a DM to Roth. Uh, the sales exec says, Jack says we will permanently suspend Trump if our policies are violated after a 12-hour account lock. What policies is Jack talking about? Roth responds with any policy violation, including the new policies that they just created for Trump and Trump alone. So they rigged it so that he can get suspended. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. And that that right there, that 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 cabal, that small group of people... It's almost like an oligarchy. Yes. Right? That's exactly In what Twitter, it is. Created the rise of platforms like Getter, created the rise of platforms like Truth, uh, and created the rise of platforms like Gab and Rumble because they took this censorship so far. Not only did they get rid of Donald Trump, but then they went on and they, but they pretended to know what everybody meant. by po- I could have gone on Twitter. And posted screenshots of Donald Trump's deleted January 6th tweets. And I, I could have, apparently what I could have done is posted one that said, that's my president, and it would or Trump won, and I would have gotten a strike and I would have gotten the tweet removed. Or I could have put Trump lost, LOL, finger down, what a joke, and that one would have stayed. They were looking at people's tweets and trying to interpret what you and I and everybody meant by posting it on Twitter mm-hmm. and then making decisions based off of how they felt. Yeah, and also, you got to realize this. I'm sure it was based on what the profile did in the past. Because if you had posted that and wrote, like, this is my president. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, like something sarcastic. Yeah, they could have taken it down. They could have sat there and go, well, we think that this person has their pronouns in their bio, so they're being sarcastic, but this person doesn't. Right. So they're probably saying, no, well, that's like, my president. It's like how Facebook now is hitting people for using the name, the slang term for transmission. You could be talking about my tranny mm -hmm. is dead on my car. Tranny. Can't say that on Facebook. Seriously, people were getting thrown in Facebook jail for that. Uh, quote, what happens next is essential to understanding how Twitter justified banning Trump. Sales exec, are we dropping the public interest policy now? Roth, six hours later, in this specific case, we're changing our public interest approach for his account. His, his, his. Not all, his. One person's account. Donald Trump, the ad executive is referring to Twitter's policy of public interest exceptions, which allows the content of elected officials, even if it violates Twitter rules. Quote, if it directly contributes to understanding or discussion of a matter of public concern. But not in the case of Donald Trump. Not in the case of Donald Trump. Roth pushes for a permanent suspension of Representative Matt Gates, even though it doesn't quite fit anywhere. It's, it's a kind of test case for the rationale for banning Trump. I'm trying to talk Twitter's safety team into removal as a conspiracy that incites violence. Uh, around 2.30, communications execs uh, direct message Roth to say they don't want to make a big deal of the QAnon ban to the media because they fear if we push this, it looks like we're trying to offer up something in place of the thing everyone wants, meaning a Trump ban. Uh, they also say we've poked enough bears and we've caused enough problems. Uh, we don't want to kind of go too far. Yeah, we're going to, well, we yeah. don't want to go too far, if but we will thing, ban the sitting president. If there's one thing I feel about the left is that someone, they have no bounds of what too far is. The evening, the evening of January 7th, the same junior employee, employee who expressed an unpopular opinion about ad hoc decisions that don't appear rooted in policy speaks up one last time before the end of the day. Quote, earlier that day, said uh, the employee said, my concern is specifically surrounding the unarticulated logic of the decision by Facebook. That space fills with the idea, conspiracy theory, that all internet moguls sit around like kings casually deciding what people can and cannot see. That's what the junior employee says. The employee notes later in the day, and will Oramus... And Will Oramus noted the inconsistency, too, linking to an article for 1-0 at Medium called Facebook Chucked Its Own Rulebook to Ban Trump. The underlying problem, writes Will Oramus, is that the dominant platforms have always been loath to own up to their subjectivity because it highlights the extraordinary unfettered power they wield over the global public square. That guy is a conservative. That guy's a yeah. <laughs> if not, he's just probably the most objective person on planet Earth. Yeah, or he's just reasonable. Or he's just, he's probably like, yeah, you know, I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-gay marriage, but you guys need to chill the hell you out over here. Out. He like, says they have unfettered power they wield over the global public square and places the responsibility for that power on their own shoulders. So they hide behind an ever-changing rule book, alternately pointing to it when it's convenient and shoving it under the nearest rug when it isn't. This guy's definitely been listening to uh, Jordan Peterson or Brett Weinstein yeah. or uh, uh, Sam Harris or yeah. what, Ruben, one of these, oh, Ruben's one of us now, yeah. but one of these liberals that are like, look, I'm all for this stuff over here. This stuff's got to go. Yeah. Facebook suspension of Trump now puts Twitter in an awkward position. If Trump does indeed return to Twitter, the pressure on Twitter will ramp up to find a pretext on which to ban him as well. 
Indeed, and as Barry Weiss will show tomorrow, that's exactly what happened. And you know, but, but and we saw what Elon Musk said that he's going to piss off ten percent of the left and ten percent of the right. Yep. And he's totally okay with that. We saw it today. He banned Bryson Gray. I'm not really sure why. Uh, you know, I'm sure he had his reasons, but he's going to piss off some people rather than other people. And uh, you know, I, I that for me, it seems as though if you're going to if, if, if your goal is to piss off 10% of the far left and 10% of the far right, that seems like an admirable goal to, uh, you know, or, or at least uh, you never get to satisfy everybody. So at least admitting that you'll never do that is, uh, is a step in the right direction. Yep. Uh, so you had the Twitter files part four. Part five is supposed to be coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be revolving around COVID and the COVID misinformation bans, the vaccine bans, the shadow banning. Uh, which, you know, fact checker, it's not shadow banning, it's visibility filtering, okay? Visibility filtering. Yeah, it's the same Ooh, thing. just watching them, I mean, watching them twist that sentence mm-hmm. is like, is almost just beautiful yeah, it's in just some beautiful. ways. All right, let's get, I know you have the same story yes, that I have. Which we didn't even discuss. No. That's how important I think but this story is. we've talked about this before. Yes. This particular person as well. Uh, not on this show, but we've yep. spoken in general about it. Let's get to our sponsor. Uh, this is Tackwright, the mini saw. These guys, I mean, look, TackRightLFA.com, TackRightLFA.com. You got to see this. It's it's awesome. Uh, check out this product that, uh, yeah, there's a piece of pizza in here. Check out this product that uh, that we have here. We've been showing this uh, the last couple of weeks. Holidays are coming. They're running a holiday sale. It is the mini saw by TackRight. The last time we showed this product to the audience, it sold out in under 24 hours, and it was out for three months. Now it's back in stock and it is ready for holiday shipments. Why would you think something like this? Look at this mini saw. This thing is awesome. Why would it sell out so quickly? Now let's do the affordability of this amazing senior-friendly mini chainsaw, which thousands of Americans are in love with. It can be operated with just one hand. It can help trim your trees two times faster with much less effort. The mini saw is the big tool company's worst nightmare. Big tool. Big tool. Yoel Roth. They have been trying to hide mini saw from the everyday consumer and I've even banned it in big box retail shops. Big box. Nope. Can't get them there. Big tool is threatened by this device and its potential to cut into profits. Uh, the mini saw is on sale today with a 50% off and free shipping promotional discount to new customers. It is the TacRite mini saw. You can see as we scroll through the website, fits right in the palm of your hand, little battery right there, cutting down limbs like it's nobody's business, like a hot knife through butter. butter. It's amazing. Look at the reviews. Paul and Cheryl and William Shakespeare. It's amazing. Uh, William Shakespeare used it when he was yes. writing Romeo and Juliet. So it was awesome. There you go. The TacRite mini saw. Check them out. TacRiteLFA.com. TacRite. T-A-C-R-I-G-H-T. L-F-A. Lima Fox Alpha.com. Check it out. Make sure you guys are uh, subscribed to the LFA channel. Hit that subscribe button. We're about 60 away from 40,000, so that's pretty awesome. Yep. Super excited about that. Make sure you guys are smashing that rumble button. want to thank Jody out there for the 10 bucks. Thank you so much for the coffee Thank today. you, Jody. For the coffee today. Love ya. Uh, once again, guys, head on over to LaMajorityUS.com. Check out the shop. Use promo code CHRISTMAS for 20% off for the next two weeks throughout Christmas. Uh, get your stocking stuffers now. Make sure you get them soon so I can uh, mail you out the stuff. That's right. You got a whole gaggle worth of fun stuff out there. A whole lot of new stuff and a whole lot of old stuff coming back. Now, I really want to get to this. Uh, we talk about it on the show all the time how there's a reason why the world doesn't get to hear about the downsides of transitioning, about what 
that does to people. Uh, one of the more famous, well, one of the first famous people to come out was uh, retired Navy SEAL Chris Beck came out as transgender. Now, you are transgender. Now we're getting a story, this from the Daily Wire. Retired Navy SEAL made famous by becoming trans reveals he has detransitioned and it destroyed his life. Chris Beck, who became Kristen Beck, and now returns to his original name, served in the SEAL teams for two decades in various theaters of combat, including Afghanistan and Iraq, was awarded 29 medals for his service. Beck gained national attention after his 2013 interview on CNN, where he announced that he was transgender. He now warns that everything you see on CNN with my face, do not believe a word of it. Beck said that the traumatic things that happened to him as a kid and how he was raised was not an excuse for a psychologist to push their agenda and that's what's happening. He encouraged people to work on whatever inner issues they may have and to deal with their trauma first before pursuing transgenderism. Everything that happened to me in my life in the last 10 years destroyed my life. Beck said, I destroyed my life. I am not a victim. I did it to myself, but I had help. That's right. And that is that is the key. These people are pushing this agenda onto the people who believe they may be transgender when actually they may be suffering from either some sort of rapid onset gender dysphoria or anxiety or some kind of a depression. Back to the article. I take full responsibility, he continued. I went on CNN and everything else, and that's why I'm here right now. I'm trying to correct that. Beck says that he was very naive at the time and that he was used and was taken advantage of by left-wing media. Yeah, the quote I, was, I was used, I was very naive, I was in a really bad way, and I got taken advantage of, I got propagandized. Yep, I got propagandized. I had used... I, I got used badly by a lot of people who had who had knowledge who, who had knowledge way beyond me. It is spectacular. They to, knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. He said during the interview. Oh, yeah, I got a little bit more. We have the same quotes. I have a different article. I, oh, I you got a different article. Yeah. That's pretty good. But it's just it's unbelievable to me that more people. And you're gonna see that there's one young girl, Chloe, Chloe something. She's making the rounds as a detransitioner. Mm-hmm. She went all the way. Uh, you know, top surgery, double mastectomy, and it's uh, it's sad. Well, Beck says here he's speaking out about transgenderism to protect children in the current political climate, uh, that there are gender clinics all over America. Quote, there are thousands of gender clinics being put up all over America, he said. As soon as kids go in and say, I'm a tomboy, or this makes me feel comfortable, and then a psychologist says, oh, you're transgender. You are transgender. And then the next day, you are on hormones, the same hormones they are using for medical castration for pedophiles. Now they're giving this to healthy 13-year-olds. Does this seem right, he asked? This is why I'm trying to tell America to wake up. Now, you know who else needs to wake up is the NHL, and we're going to get to this in a Mm. second. He said, quote, I walked into a psychologist's office, and in one day, I have a letter in my hand saying I was transgender. I was authorized for hormones. I was authorized all this other stuff, Beck said. I had so much going wrong in my system when I started taking those, he added. Some of that was paid for by the VA, and I'm sorry to the American people that I did that. Beck said he has been off the hormones for about seven years. This is a billion-dollar industry between psychologists, between surgeries, between hormones, between chemicals, between follow-up treatments, he continued. There are thousands of gender clinics popping up all over the country, and each of those gender clinics is going to be pulling in probably over 
50 million dollars mm-hmm. that is the grift that is what's going on they have found a market they have found consumers for their products and now they are pushing it like a used car salesman pushes a piece of crap car on their mark that's on the lot and that's exactly what's going and on and what here. else is important is when he says he was used by left-wing media sources and when he was propagandized he attacked former President Donald Trump back in 2017 for trying to ban transgender individuals yep. from the military. So sure enough, they used this guy just to hurt, just to hurt Trump. Just to hurt Trump. That's all it was about. That's it. That is the entire. That is the entire thing. Every everything comes back to hurting Donald Trump. Why? Now, because you like Donald Trump. You have to think about this too. That. Uh, we talked about this on our earlier show, something that Andrew Tate was talking about, karmic retribution, especially with the transgender stuff. You're going to start to see the left talk about detransitioners. Well, you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You knew it wasn't good for you. You knew you were a biological man. That's why we call you transgender. Yep. Right? This is important. This is an important concept to think about. We talked about this in the earlier show. I'll talk about it briefly here because, again, I'm really upset with the the amount of people. And it wasn't that many, but it was too many for my liking. Thank you, Wendy. Who told me to calm down over this Disney thing with the We Love You Satan. Mm -hmm. If you buy or if you sell somebody a poison apple, this is Andrew Tate's example. If you sell them a poison apple and you don't tell them that the apple is poisoned, but you know it's poisoned you will be held accountable for that person's either death or issues, right? However, if you tell the person that you're selling the poison apple to that it is poison, that person is now making the conscious decision to buy it and eat it knowing full well what it is. There's no deception. You're up front. Everything's good, okay? It's now that person's fault that they've been poisoned by the apple that they bought that they knew was poison. It is called karmic retribution because this way, when that person eats that poison apple that you sold them, they will die but they knew it. Not mm-hmm. my fault. They knew what they were doing. It's the exact same Folks, thing. It's the exact same thing as cigarettes. You this know, is look, the Balenciaga argument. I'm, this is the We Love Satan argument. Look, I smoke. I know I shouldn't. I have no retribution against the cigarette companies. I know what I'm doing. Right. The same argument for you know people that you know eat McDonald's their whole lives and then complain when they have a heart attack at 35. Yeah. You knew. You knew what you were doing. You know. You can't. Sue cigarette companies for getting lung cancer. Nope. Just like that's what they're going to say to these doctors. They're going to say, well, look, this is what you wanted. Right. Yeah, this is is what you wanted. And then this is is why... It is every person who pushed this agenda. This is why with the Balenciaga, with Kylie Jenner covered Mm. in blood, with all of the satanic uh, symbolism in all of these different children's shows, and this from Disney, which, calm down, it's just a joke. No, it's not. They're telling you what they're doing so that 10, 20, 30 years from now, when we have to suffer through the repercussions, it was, well, you you know, you bought it. You still went to Disney. We told you we embraced Satan. We told you we embraced grooming. We told you we embraced, you know, putting children in pornographic displays. You still consumed the product. It's your fault. And you know what? In a, in, in a certain in a certain re- way, they're right. We have the ability now. One of the, and I say this all the time, one of the silver linings of the of the lockdowns of 2020 is that all of us figured out, in one way or the other, that if we don't go to Disney World this year, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be okay. We know how to survive without these companies. We know how to survive without those theme parks. We know how to survive without certain products. We've made it. We got off of Twitter. We used other platforms. We're still here. 
We got onto Rumble. We we distanced from YouTube and from Facebook. We're still alive. Yep. You know, John Rich and and Larry Elder and Ben Carson, they're making they're 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 starting up a conservative bank to to boost the parallel economy. Because if you don't want a bank with TD, unfortunately, like I do, a Canadian bank, which is going to end soon, very soon, okay, I'll go to somebody who I know is not going to cancel me for tweeting, you know, make America great again, or talking about gender transitions for minors as the criminal act that it should be punishable by, or as, right? But the fact of the matter is, these people, when they put up things like this in their kids' shows, when they put... Uh, Balenciaga, when they put these ads out with children holding the teddy bears that are in bondage, when Kim Kardashian is hanging out with an actual witch, not just a Nancy Pelosi witch, a real witch, you know, when Kylie Jenner is covered in blood in a new photo shoot, you know, when you hear, when you see things on Podesta's email, they are telling you what they are about. You, not all of you, but some of you, are choosing to continue to let them into your lives. Mm-hmm. It will be your fault. In ten years, when society is in a is in a is a, is a complete and utter dumpster fire, unrecognizable from the small little dumpster fire that we know it as now. Stop, stop patronizing these people. Stop it. Enough. Stop giving your money to people who hate you. That means if you listen to certain musicians that you find out are about that type of stuff. I'm not just talking about ones that are liberals, you know, or you know, left of center. Who are kind of like hippies, but they're not into the grooming. If you find out that you have a, that there's a musician out there that is into this transgender stuff for children, you have to. I don't care how good their music is, mm-hmm. you have to stop. You have to stop because your dollars that go into their pocket will continue to give them the platform that they will manipulate these children with. Your your money will contribute to what Chris Beck is talking about: getting help. Creating a $50 million per clinic industry, Mm -hmm. a billion dollar market. It's you. You can stop this. Mm -hmm. It's time that society as a whole looks at the youth and looks at where our values are going and calls out the filth, the complete and utter filth that is that has become pop culture. I mean, down to music television, the Super Bowl halftime show, which now, every time you got the Super Bowl halftime show, it's far worse than anything that happened with Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Far worse. Who's it going to be this year? I don't know. Probably somebody not wearing clothes. Because that's how it is every year. Or someone who sucks. Yeah, or someone who's horrible. Yeah. Or someone who's horrible and not wearing clothes. Yeah. Or, which is usually every year. Or someone who's, I don't know, You know who did well at the Super Bowl? You know what they want? The Black Eyed Peas did a good one. Yeah. They were good. Prince did a good one. Prince, I mean, Prince was unbelievable. One of the best of all time. In the rain and everything. Yeah. That was a while. You know? They had that big, uh, that big sheet that was blowing. Oh, yeah. It was nice. Let's see. You know, it's time to look up. It's time to figure out, as a society. Wow. My what, computer is definitely listening to me. What your values are. You're never going to guess who's doing it this year. Lady Gaga. Rihanna. Oh, great. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be just fine. Yeah, she's not, you know. A skank. I mean, come on. You know, come on. So it's time to, as a society, are we going to call her out when she doesn't wear any clothes at the halftime show? Are we going to call out some of the the men and women in the rap industry, in the hip-hop industry, who talk about doing vile things to each other? And it doesn't mean they're not allowed to say it. Freedom of speech. Mm, Have a good time. Do Do what you want. But at least, at least. Don't pretend to be moral. Don't, yeah, right. Don't look to them. Don't look to Drake or Rihanna 
or or Jay-Z or any of these guys as a moral compass. Because they're not. And that's okay. They're not there to be a moral compass. Yeah, they're, not. they're not philosophers. They're entertainers. And that's exactly. okay. I'm not saying these are bad people. I'm not saying, in some cases they are. I'm not saying that we have to ban them. No, 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 no. But we have to stop putting them on a pedestal. We have to stop letting their platform in, influence the moral compass of society. That's all. I'm not a perfect person. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect. Everyone's got a flaw somewhere. Everyone did something. Something happened to someone at some point in time where they did something that they regret. Nobody is perfect. That's the, that's the beauty of all of this. But giving people, imperfect people, or people that we know are less guided by strong morals than others, giving them a platform to dictate, to dictate the direction of society is very Dangerous. Very dangerous. When when Michelle Obama and Barack Obama are with some of these people, well, maybe they use the N word in some of their music's fine. Maybe they maybe they did a, a bad suit, you know, Super Halftime show where they were poorly, you know, scantily dressed, fine. But they can't sit there and talk about how they're about good morals and children and raising a strong family, and then defaulting to the judgment of somebody who, when put under the lights on public display in front of millions. Yep does things like that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying ban Rihanna. No. Hell no. I'm not even saying she shouldn't perform at the Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest with you. A little guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, no. Kind of no. like Rihanna's music. Not not into it. Kind of like it. it. That's your it, It's one of those things that it's like, I don't like that I like it. But it's whatever. I like it. You know. The beats are good for the gym. So, yeah, some of the beats. Yeah. But like I'm saying, you know, that's all. That's all we got to do. Mm. That's, what, that's where we are. Now, in terms I, of staying with the trans stuff, you got to hear what happened in this NHL thing. Because remember when NHL said that trans men are men? Yes. Right? Okay. Which I'm sure that'll fit. I'm sure that'll go over incredibly well with, you know, all the Eastern Europeans that play in the league. Sure. Who do not, who do not subscribe to Western values. I mean, you know, there's not a lot. I'm sure there's not a lot of people in the Czech Republic. Well, here's what I, here's what happened. So NHL wrote, uh, trans men are men. Trans women are women. Mm. Because of the Colorado nightclub thing. Yes. You know, the whole thing. So I tweeted at them and I said, trans men are men. Okay. Put a trans man on the ice with the, with biological men for a full game. That will end worse than the human heart after seven COVID boosters. <laughs> well, you know what? I hate to brag. But when it comes to the transgender stuff, I tend to, I tend to wind up right at some point in time. Well, here you go. Red State. NHL-supported trans hockey game results in a traumatic head injury to a female player. Can't make it up, folks. You don't say. Who saw this coming? Uh, all of us. Everyone. All of us. Everyone who's ever played a sport in their entire life. In this episode of a female is inevitably going to be killed by a male in a female sporting event, everybody on the planet saw this. Who not only thinks males playing against females in female sports is grossly unfair to female athletes, but also thinks it's inevitable that a larger, stronger male mm. is going to eventually traumatically injure, or worse, a female. That is. One such everyone is my colleague Brandon Morse. This is from Red State, uh, from Mike Miller over at Red State, who in November reported on the National Hockey League going all in with the woke crowd and promoting a trans draft tournament. The NHL is proud to support this past weekend's Team Trans Draft Tournament in Middleton, Wisconsin. This was the first... First tournament comprised entirely of transgender and non-binary players with around 80 folks participating. Now, the first 
tournament, the first one. I wonder if uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman checked first with Roger Goodell, the sycophantic kowtowing NFL commissioner, to find out how how Goodell's pathetic pandering and capitulation turned out. Well, the so-called trans tournament featured a Team Black versus Team Pink game that, again, the first tournament... That included the Boston-based Team Trans Organization, which describes itself as New England's first LGBTQ plus hockey club. Of course, it had to be from Boston. Yeah, sure enough, a video first posted by Quillette shows player number 90 on Team Pink, described as a bisexual trans woman, which means this was a biological man, shoving number 91 on Team Black, described as a female-to-male which is a transgender man, which is a woman. Woman. The male athlete can be seen pushing the female athlete, now we're talking about biology here, to the ice and then into the boards, resulting in a concussion. It reportedly took more than 17 minutes to get the female player stretchered and taken off the ice. So not only did this person get absolutely obliterated, but the people who run this shitty organization also doesn't know how injuries work. You you gotta get off the ice. What are we doing here? Yep. This isn't hard stuff to figure out. Look, they said the contact doesn't look particularly serious when you watch it on the video. It may even have been entirely accidental. But the size imbalance between the two skaters was so great that the team black player ended up being propelled headfirst into the boards with enough force to deliver a concussion. Now, take this into account. If this was accidental contact, the next time it happens and this person is being shoved into the boards intentionally... Yep fighting for a puck, that woman could die. The fact that it's accidental almost makes it worse. It's worse. They didn't even mean to hit them, and they still knocked them out. The striking difference in size accounted for the biologically biologically male player absorbing little to no impact from the collision. Moreover, the contact would be a rule violation in most hockey leagues as a hit from behind. So how long before a female athlete is killed after being hit by a male player in a contact sport or mm-hmm. other trans comp- uh, competition? It's going to happen. This is what we're saying. This is why trans men are not men and trans women are not women. Biology matters. Yep. Facts matter and safety matters. And this is unsafe. If this was an accident and this this resulted in someone being down for almost 20 minutes yep. on the ice. When it's not an accident, someone's going to When there's someone getting checked fighting for a puck on a completely legal but intentional hit. Mm-hmm. This a woman who thinks I'm a man now because I take testosterone and I'm a transgender and I chopped off my boobs, like boobs. Like then when that happens, that woman could die. And it's only a matter. Of, like I want to be clear about this. Are you kidding me? It is only a matter of time until it happens. It's only a matter of time until somebody. But dies. the NHL prioritized going woke to virtue signal. Five minutes after the Colorado nightclub shooting, which was which was perpetrated by a non-binary, and look, you can you, you can put out a statement about the Colorado nightclub shooting, yeah. without like the virtue signaling. Like you, if they had just been like, you know, we don't believe in in violence or discrimination for any LGBTQIA plus person. Done. Done. That's fine. And by the way. I would agree. You want to have a moment. I don't want violence. You want to have a moment of silence at the Avalanche game? 
Fine. Go right Tragedy. ahead. Tragedy. 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 You, I don't want violence against these people. But to, I would agree with both of those. You could sit there and go, because they're not shoving anything down your throat. Exactly. We don't believe in violence or discrimination against the LGBTGRIFTER community. Oops. All right. Uh, we also would like to hold a moment of silence to the abs. Or, or maybe league-wide. You want to do it league-wide? You could do it league-wide. Yeah. It's not getting shoved down your throat. Mm -hmm. It's basically saying... A tragedy occurred. Let's do a moment of silence to show respect. And we are against violence against these people. Which, I am fine with all three of those things. Tragedy occurred, moment of silence. Showing respect is good. Respect for, for people who were tragically killed. And saying that you don't agree with those with the violence against those mm -hmm. folks. That's it. The Because I don't want violence against them. I don't want tragedies. I don't want people to die. The problem is these that. leagues end up getting pushed into it. Like, oh, you did your moment of silence. But did you donate any money yeah. to uh, to uh, to your local gender clinic? Al Sharpton used to do this crap in the 80s all the time in New York. He I, There was one famous story. He walked into Macy's and basically told Macy's that if they didn't donate to the, to to the National Action Network, his, uh, his nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. His nonprofit, he would go out and say that Macy's was racist. And, you know, that was right after Tawana Brawley. That was right after when Sharpton was getting all of his, uh, his national attention. Sure enough, Macy's capitulated. M.D. Norton takes a uh, very Philadelphia stance here. Says you have, you deserve what, you always deserve what you have coming to you. You want to think you're something you aren't and get hurt as a result. Fine, it wasn't violence. Uh, they knew the game and what it entailed. And in that respect, I kind of agree with him because you know you're going to be competing against men mm -hmm. on that ice, and you're not stupid. Um, and he and they got hurt. We're saying basically that the NHL supported this. Yeah. They're the ones who made this possible, full well knowing that they play a man's game. Yeah, exactly. And you could play female hockey. That's no there's nothing wrong with female hockey. Team, it's all over the world. It's great. Team USA won the won, won the gold medal. It's last, fantastic. Last it's amazing. There's female hockey. But you don't put men yeah. on the ice with those. It's the same reason why Novak Djokovic, or whoever the best tennis player in the world is in a few years, whatever, it's still him. Would have mopped the floor with Serena Williams in her prime. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She could look however she looks. There's a reason why men's tennis is the best of five sets and women's tennis is the best of three. It's, there's a reason. Or best of seven, best of four, whatever it is. There's a reason. Right? Because they're two different biological compositions. They are men and women are vastly different when it comes to biology. Yep. Vastly different. And 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 for all of the people on the left who want to say, well, you don't think there's climate change. You're a science denier. No, 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 no. You don't think there's a biological difference between men and women. You're a science denier. And now you're keeping yeah, now you're gonna get people hurt. Because that trans woman or trans man who jumped on the ice with, with, you know, that biological woman who jumped on the ice with a biological male, much like Chris Beck, was probably told, do this. Do this. Stand for something. You it's know, strong. You were just talking about tennis. I just looked it up real yeah. quick. Fastest female serve in tennis history. 131 miles an hour. Mm. Fastest male serve? 170. 163. 163. It's not hard, guys. Nope. We know this. Look, the fastest overhand pitch. On a major league mound by a woman, 69.1 miles an hour. I want to make this very clear. I am not a professional pitcher. Right. Moreover, when I played ball, I wasn't a pitcher. I throw harder than that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, tell me right now, you mean to tell me that, were there a woman out there that threw 100 miles an hour, a team wouldn't pick her up? Of course they would. Of course they would. Of course they would. But they if can't there was do a it. woman out there that threw 90, they'd pick her up. Yeah. Doesn't exist.
I'm sorry. It doesn't exist. And you're going to get women hurt. Because every time men play against women in sports, they get hurt. Fallon Fox. Oh, my gosh. Well, MMA. Go watch, a mean, go watch a Fallon Fox fight. If, if you're a fan of, of MMA, you've seen it before. But if you watch it, it is not technical. There is no skill involved whatsoever. It's just a giant man beating the crap out of a woman. Yeah. And the only reason Fallon Fox lost is because Fallon Fox ended up losing to Ashley Evan Smith, who is the greatest female fighter in the world. Yeah. So a, a crappy fighter had to fight. The greatest woman fighter in just the world. Just to lose. Just to lose. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it's unbelievable. That's what it is. But that's where we're going. That's where these things are headed. This Chris Beck story, which was a great and it was it was a, a great way to lead into the NHL story, because Chris Beck says, I had help. They did this. I, I was pushed into it. I take responsibility, but I, I was pushed into it. Mm -hmm. Then now now I'm going back. But it was it was I destroyed my life. Now you have a woman who just wanted to play hockey. Transitions to be a man, okay? She could have played in the women's league. She could have played. She could have played in the women's league. Especially if you're, a, not for nothing, if you're in Boston, yeah, I'm sure I there's mean, a women. On. Come on. It's now, not like you're, oh, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, yep. and there's not a whole lot of hockey being played and We've seen here. We've seen concussions all. We've both had them. You yep. and I have had We've seen them. Being out or down for 20 minutes, yeah, that's, that's bad. There's going to be long. There's going to be serious brain damage. Oh, yeah. And we've if, seen if, what happens. If you're really out Junior that long. Seau, yep. Jovan Belcher. You know, Aaron Hernandez to an extent. Mm -hmm. I'll take him maybe a little bit off the list because he was crazy before that. But, yeah. <laughs> but Junior Seau, who tried to kill himself and then, then did. And then succeeded. did it. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Those, those guys. The wrestler, right? The wrestler, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah killed yeah, his family. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, concussions are no joke. And, look, I know I had undiagnosed concussions, and, and uh, a lot of players did. I mean, Troy Aikman banged up a lot of these sure. Junior Seau. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. These guys... And, but they know they do it. That's why, like I said, we... Wayne Krebet played through... Uh, Wayne Krebet had, I think, 13 diagnosed concussions. In the, diagnosed. Imagine how many they missed. Yeah. There were a few times when I was playing in the... Like, either in high school when I was playing in the minors. That I'd get hit. I'd go back to the huddle. They'd call a play. And I'd have to tell the quarterback it's time to change the play. Yeah. I can't see where I can't right. see where I am right now. Well, ten fifty-five, time to go. Uh, it's been a fast hour today, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for jumping in and joining us, LFA family. Remember to head over to loudmajorityus.com, sign up for our newsletter, check out our shop. Promo code Christmas until Christmas for everything in the shop, twenty percent off. Uh, subscribe to our channel here, Rumble.com/LFATV. Also, our local channel, Rumble.com/LoudMajorityUS. Uh, you can find us in both of those places. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Jeremy Harrell coming up at 11 a.m. with Live from America. Be sure to tune in. Uh, he's on in five minutes. And until then, we remind you to stop complying with any unlawful mandates and madness. And as always, LFA family, loud crowd, and uh, red-blooded patriots of the world, stay loud.